0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Alpha and Omega Exponent, also known as AOE. This is your number one source and platform where we share content through story time to add value to your life. My name is Parfait, and I am back with another story time for you all. The title of today's story is When God Decided to Rest and When He Created the First Man and the First Woman. This is the story of Genesis chapter 2. So, without further ado, Get comfortable, grab your tea, grab your coffee, and let's get started. So the story begins on the seventh day when God finished all of his work. So Prior to that, God spent six days creating the whole universe. So he was creating everything that we have, the trees, the animals, the fishes, the water, the sun, the moon, everything, the light, the darkness. God spent six days working to create everything. And on on day seventh, God decided to cease from his work and he finished all of his work and he decided to rest. He did something important and something amazing on the seventh day. So what he did that he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested on that day so there is something important that God was trying to tell us here on the seventh about the seventh day the important thing that God wanted to communicate to us here is really the importance of resting listen if God took a day off we also need to take a day off when we're working no one on this earth can go for hundreds thousands of days without taking a day off it is important to take a day off it is important to rest so and it's not just taking a day off but it's also actually resting the importance of resting after finishing a work it's a need that must be done and it's a need that must be respected and when you work on the day that you're supposed to rest it's not necessarily going to make you more fruitful it's just going to make you more tired if you honor your work, you'll be able to honor your rest. It's important to know when to rest as well. God decided to rest after he was finished from all of his work. You know, So there's a turning point here that for us is we need to also know when to rest and when do we rest is when we are finished with our work. Always trying to rest in the middle of something is not really productive. So it's best to try to finish our work and then to rest because when we rest after finishing our work, then we will actually do it well the way it was supposed to be. To give a definition of really what is rest, rest means we have to cease from our work. We have to stop working in order to relax, in order to recover strength and to admire the completed work. When God was resting, he was actually looking at everything that he created And he was admiring it. And he said that, you know, everything that he created was good. So how does God want us to properly rest is by not working and by admiring the work that we have done. So going forward in the story, after God rested, then he looked at everything that he created. He said it was good, but there was no one to take care of everything that God created. So then God said, okay, let us make Man in our own image, and in our own likeness, so that that man can work and keep the garden. After the seventh day, God formed the man out of the dust from the earth, and He breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the key word here is the word "form" and the word "to breathe." When God decided to give the form to the man he gave the man the spirit that he has he gave the he gave us the spirit that we have and to form he basically he assembled us and he gave us a structure god in his creativeness he also gave us the breath of life so that we can become a living creature so the breath of life that we have comes from god and the body that we have was physically structured together uh, as a visible expression uh, and configuration that God wanted us to have. So, after God created the man, he formed him, and then God gave him life. So now, God planted the man in this garden called Eden. And he wanted to plant the man there permanently, so that the man can you know, work the soil, keep the garden, and grow it. There was something interesting about that the Garden of Eden. In that garden, God had planted many trees, but there were two important trees that God had planted in the garden. The first tree that God planted in the garden was the tree of life. And the other tree that God planted in the garden was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So after God created the man and he planted the man in the garden, Inside the garden with these two trees, God gave the man an important command. He told the man, he said, first, you need to work the garden. And then secondly, you need to keep the garden. And another command, which is, you must not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you do, then you will die. So those were the assignment of the man, to work the garden, to keep it. And to eat of any tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So to eat of any tree, that meant the man was also supposed to eat from the tree of life. And for us as young people, we need to ask ourselves the question today, which is, are we eating from the tree of life? And what is the tree of life in our modern age? For us in our modern age, first, the tree of life is the word of God. The word of God adds value to your life. So the tree of life is anything that adds value into our life. So we need to eat from the source that is adding value into our life and not from the other side of the source, which is basically that will bring death into your life. And we need to understand that the moment something is forbidden, it becomes attractive. When God forbade the man to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of an evil, that tree automatically became desirable, especially as humans. The moment they tell you not to touch something, then you want to touch it. The moment they tell you not to do something, then you want to do it. And so God telling the man not to touch, not to eat, not to do something, it automatically started to generate this desire in the man for to pay attention to that thing and to desire that thing. Based on the assignment that God gave the man, let's look at those two things a little deeper. He said to work the garden and to keep it. What does that mean? To work basically means to be fruitful and to multiply everything in it. And to keep, it means to fill the earth, to nurture it, to protect it, to provide it, to teach, to maintain it. As men, whatever we do as work, we must find a way to keep it going, to be fruitful and to multiply it. A man who can work but cannot keep will not be really fulfilled. But a man who can work and keep is a fulfilled man. So that then there are two questions for us. The first question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we working? And if we're really, really working, are we keeping? So after the man began to work in the garden, keep in mind that God commanded him to not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or he will die. And so the man began to work. And then God looked at this man and God said, okay, this man is working. I see he's also keeping, but something is not right. So God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper that is fit for him. And God, everything that he had created, he said that it was good. But then when he looked at the man, he said, it's not good that it's meant for him to be alone. This was the first time that God looked at something and said, it's not good for this thing to be alone. And so it's very important. We've got to pay attention to this. What does it mean to be alone? It means to just be all in one, to be all confined and trapped within yourself. In And when you're trapped within yourself, you are unable to multiply and to be fruitful. And so God said, I'm going to make a helper that will help this man to multiply, to be fruitful. And this helper would be fit for him. For us as people, as young men especially, we need to ask ourselves the question. First, am I alone? We need to understand what does it mean to be alone? And how do you even identify a person who's alone? First, to identify a person who's alone, this person usually rejects the need and the existence of the help of other people. Being alone is also about not being in the presence of God. When you try to run away from the presence of God, it's usually something within you that is telling you that you are alone. So God does not want us as men to be alone physically and spiritually. So spiritually, we always, as young men, we need to be in the presence of God. God wants us to be in his presence spiritually And physically, He wants us to be in the presence of a community of other people so that we can work, so that we can multiply, so that we can be fruitful. And being alone is not the same thing as being lonely, right? You can be in a room full of people and feel very lonely. So the difference is really in your state of mind. God did not want the man to be alone. God wanted a community. So He decided to create a helper. When you feel lonely, it means in your state of mind, you just on your own. And conversely, on the other side, when you feel alone, it just means that there's no one there physically present with you to walk this journey of life with you. And there's no community to surround you with so that you will not feel alone as you're working, as you're keeping. So, alone is a state of being but loneliness is a state of how you feel. If you are alone spiritually, the devil is going to take advantage of, of that. So it's very, very key important that we take this into heart uh, so that we can actually be able to continuously work and to continuously keep. So then after God saw that it was not good for the man to be alone, he began the process of creating the helper that was fit for him, which was the woman. But in the meantime, God had brought every animal that He had created so that the man could name every animal. And Can you imagine as a person, if you had to name all the animals that we have on earth? That's a lot of tasks, and you're probably going to run out of words if you have to name all the animals. But this was the assignment that God gave to the man. The man had to you know name these, all of these animals, and the men began to you know call each animals and all of that. When the man first spoke in the garden, it was for assignment. He began his assignment, and so he began to speak. And keep in mind, when God created the man, God named the man that he created. He called him Adam. Whatever you name, you basically have authority over it. And so when God named the man, God was responsible for the man. And so when man named the animal, now the man became responsible for all of the animals on earth and everything that was in it. The question that we need to ask ourselves is that, what is our responsibility? And who are we responsible for? As man, God has given us the assignment to work and to keep. And within that assignment, we have a responsibility And so we need to question our responsibility so that we can identify it and be able to work it and to keep it. So now in the process that God took to create the woman, this was an interesting one. It was a delicate process that God took. So when God created the man, he took dirt and formed it. And, you know, like we said previously, he put put the structures to it and he gave the breath of life and the man became a living creature. So now when God decided to create the woman, he did not go back to the dirt because he wanted to create a helper that was fit for the man. That person needed something from the man in order to be fit for him. So what God did, he made the man to fall into a deep sleep and the man fell into a very, very deep sleep And God took a rib out of the man in order to create the woman. So, the woman, her creation came from the rib of the man and not the dirt. And so, she was very delicate. And God did this for a purpose. And the purpose which was, this person was a divine creation who would be a helper that was fit for this man. And so, This really gives us understanding about who this helper is, who the woman is. And the understanding is that a good woman is a helper that is fit for you. God designed the woman to help the man. And someone who's designed to help you, that person is actually designed to be better than you. Because someone who's designed to help you, that person can do things that you cannot So that person has abilities and tools and capacities to do things that you are not able to do in order to multiply, in order to be fruitful. And that was the purpose. So in all generality, the woman is a very sophisticated person because she's designed to be the helper. So she's equipped with things that the man does not have so that they can both multiply and they can both grow, and they can both keep the things that they're doing in order to fulfill the purpose and the commands that God has set in the garden. And in this creative process, in the story, God used the word make when he decided to create the woman. So that word was very specific because to make something means to form it by shaping every single part. And this is interesting because God shaped every single part of the woman, right? For the man, he just took dirt, put it together, gave it a structure, gave it a breath of life. But for the woman, he shaped every single part. And this was done intentionally, right? Because as men, we are visual creatures. And so God made sure that he created someone who was fit, not just spiritually, but also physically by shaping every single part of her. So the woman is a very delicate person because God took the time to shape every single part of her so that it can be visually beautiful and visually sophisticated. Compared to us men, God just took dirt and put it together and here we are. And we come in all shapes, sizes and forms. But women, they come in Very shaped, beautiful, because God intended it to be that way. So now, after God had created the woman, God did something interesting. He brought her and presented her to the man. After God presented the woman to the man, Adam lost his mind. The first time that the man saw the first woman, this, I think, this is where the first poem was ever spoken to a woman and this is what the first man spoke to the woman and he says this at last is born of my bones flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man and he continued after his poetic verse and he said something else he said therefore A man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So this is the first poetic verse ever spoken to a woman. Bones of my bones, flesh of my flesh. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother. So this is very deep. And so for us as young men, as people, there are key takeaways in this poetic verse and throughout this whole story, the second time that the man spoke was for commitment. Remember in the story, the first time that the man spoke, it was when he was naming all of the animals. So that was for his, uh, his assignment. And the second time that he spoke, it was when he was committing himself to the woman. And so as men, there are really main two reasons of why we speak. We speak for assignment and we speak for commitment when we speak the words that come out of our mouth are powerful and so we have to be careful with what we say because those two those words have the power to build or they have the power to destroy our assignments and our commitment so these are really the uh, one of the key important takeaways in these stories and for us as young men uh, we need to know that if you are a young man who are thinking about marriage, or you need to be looking and all those things, all of us, the important thing to take away is that we need to look for a helper who is fit for you. So, fit, what does that mean? It means that someone who can complement you, someone who can help you to be fruitful, someone who can help you to multiply, someone who can help you to fill the earth, and someone who can help you to work well and to keep things and so the right woman will help you the wrong woman will not so that is one key takeaway really to take away from this story and when you find the right woman she will become a helper who's fit for you so the understanding is that look for a helper who's fit for you because of your assignment and because of the commitment that you make So it is our responsibility as men to save and to protect the woman because God was responsible for the man. And after God created the woman, the man became responsible for the woman. So as men, it's our responsibility to protect the woman. It's our responsibility to make sure that the women that are in our lives will not go down the wrong path. So the last final question that we need to ask ourselves is that As a man, are you protecting the women who are in your life from not going in the wrong path? And if you're doing so, great job, keep it up and encourage your brothers to continue to do so. And if you're not really, you know, take a look at your environment, take a look at the people in in your life and make sure that you protect, that you step in so that they will not go down the wrong path. So in a nutshell, the major lesson to take away from this story is first, the importance of rest. It is very vital for us as human to rest. And when we honor our work, we'll be able to honor our rest as well. So, and when to rest, we need to rest after we finish working. And so if God rested, trust me, you can also take a day off to rest. The second thing is... God gave us an assignment, which was to work and to keep the garden. To work, we must be able to multiply whatever we're doing. Whatever your work is, you must be able to multiply. You must be able to be fruitful. And secondly, whatever that it is that we're doing, we must be able to keep it. We must be able to protect it. We must be able to maintain it, to nurture it, and to grow it. Thirdly, it is not good for us as men to be alone, spiritually and physically, spiritually we need to be in the presence of God and physically we need to be in the presence of a good environment, of a good community so that we can thrive in our work uh, and in everything that we try to achieve, our goals and dreams. And another thing is to understand the power of our words. When you speak, you speak for important things. You speak for assignment, you speak for, for commitment. So our words have the power to build and our words have the power to destroy. So we need to understand what is our what is it is that is our assignment, what is our commitment so that when we speak we can know what to say and how to say it so that we can continuously build a great community and a great environment and also even build ourselves up. And next is also to not be afraid to be poetic, man. I know some people when it comes to the time to be poetic and to be romantic, it's like just you know, they act like you know they just been deflated. Hey, the first man have never written a poem, but hey, when he saw the first woman, he he became a po a, a poet. So, you know, when you find your helper, it's important to say the right word, and it's important to understand the commitment that you are making. You can't just make any commitment like that. So it's very important. And then the, one of the last important thing is really to understand what you're looking for and also to understand who you're looking for and where to look for them and how to look for them which is to look as a young man which is to look for a helper who is fit for you because that helper will come into your life to help you to thrive in your work to multiply and to keep everything that you're doing furthermore as a young man you need to be working Someone who's coming into your life to help, you need to find something to help with. So if you don't have anything that it can help with, go find your work first. Identify what is your work, what is your assignment. And then when you find the person who will come into your life, that person will be able to help you thrive and multiply. And on the other side, if you're a young woman and you're also looking it's important to understand, you know, how God has designed you. God has designed you to be a great helper. God has gifted you with capacity that men do not have. So when you find someone, you need to ask this question of, you know, how do I fit into this person's life? And how does this man fit into my life so that we can both work and both keep and both be fruitful and multiply it's also important to know, you know, how do you look and who do you find, all of those stuff. You know, a good man is a, who's a person who's working, who's a person who understands his assignment, he's a person who understands uh, his commitment. And when, you know, you're able to identify those things, then that should give you a, a bright light of that you're talking to someone who can, that you can come into their life and also help them and vice versa. They can also help you. So that's it from the story today. I hope that it added value to your life. Let's make sure we continue to work. We continue to build. We continue to be fruitful and to multiply. And let's understand who and what to look for. Let's understand the power of our word for assignment and for commitment. And when you find what you're looking for, make sure you're able to nurture it, to multiply it, and to maintain it, and to keep it. Let's make sure that we get our rest because it is needed. So honor your work so you can honor your rest. My name is Parfait and I will catch you in the next story time.